We are joined in this uh, segment by political professor, Professor Emeritus at University of Illinois at Springfield. Uh, Ken Redfield is with us. Uh, professor Redfield, good morning. How are you? Good to be here. Yeah, d- terrific. Yeah, d- a lot great. to get to. <laughs> yeah, a lot to get to, and obviously it swirls around Mike Madigan, you know, yeah. and and the, and the fact that you know he's a Democratic Party chair of Illinois and uh, holds uh, the purse strings to a lot of different campaign funds. You know, what does this uh, potential di- indictment all mean? Well, ultimately, uh, you know, you could end up with uh, taking down the speaker. I mean, we're a long way from that at the moment. Uh, you assume that if they had. Uh, the cooperating witnesses and the documents that they need, uh, you know, they would have indicted him and, and arrested him. Uh, you know, it's what happened uh, over with the Speaker of the House in Ohio. But uh, right now we know that uh, what they used uh, was, a, you know, essentially a plea agreement, although that's not exactly accurate with, uh, uh, with Commonwealth Edison, uh, you know, to try and put leverage on people to get them to cooperate and to... Uh, and the subpoenas to try and get documents. So ultimately, you know, you could end up with the speaker uh, being indicted and and perhaps, uh, you know, convicted. Uh, Short term, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a political problem for uh, the, uh, you know, Democrats that are vulnerable. uh, uh, And there are some in southern Illinois and and some in the suburbs that we assume will have tough races in the fall. And, uh, uh, you can, you know, it, uh, the Republicans are going to make this, uh, you know, uh, try to make the uh, election uh, about Mike Madigan. Uh, uh, the Democrats would like uh, to make it about, you know, the president and anything else. So uh, and we, it's a big seen, political problem. And we've already seen some of that hay being made as we get closer to the November election. Uh, one in particular, uh, we've seen this back and forth. Um, State Representative Tara Costa Howard uh, out of the suburbs. Uh, and Glenn Ellen, a Democrat uh, who beat the incumbent two years ago, um, Peter Breen, she just came out this week and said that the speaker needs to step down. Uh, and uh, Peter Breen fired back and said that uh, Costa Howard's taken political funds from Madigan. So how much do you think that uh, the, the question of uh, who's taken money from uh, political funds controlled by Madigan, do you think that that's going to play a significant role in the uh, the political debates moving forward into the November election? Yeah, if, if I mean, again, we're talking about a small number of vulnerable Democrats, and, and there are vulnerable Republicans also, that always controls the uh, you know, the General Assembly. Most of the seats are, are safe for one party or another, and uh, so the more that you can make it about uh, corruption in Illinois and uh, and the speaker, uh, then you know the, that's a, a often a winning issue. And uh, uh, so it's it's a it's a big problem. Uh, uh, before the actions by the U.S. Attorney. Uh, the Democrats were sitting in a situation with, uh, you know, the governor has decent numbers, uh, President Trump's numbers are terrible, and uh, quite frankly, uh, the Democrats had a ton of money, and uh, the Republicans, uh, uh, they're not broke, but they're in a pretty bad situation as far as uh, as their fundraising, and so this has really changed the dynamic uh, pretty significantly, and so the Democrats are 
are, I think, now worried about losing seats in the House rather than, uh, you know, potentially picking up some extra seats in the House. So it's a, it's a, it's it's made a significant difference in the in the dynamic in just a couple of weeks. Kent Redfield, professor emeritus at the University of Illinois Springfield, longtime political observer. Uh, and I've got your book on campaign finance up on my uh, bookshelf, had it for years. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to you know ask you about what kind of reforms we need when it comes to campaign finance. The speaker got like five hundred fifty five thousand dollars dumped into his personal uh, campaign account uh, and he can shift that money around to the uh, three other accounts that he has or. Uh, he could possibly use it for legal fees, as he and other politicians have done in the past. Um, so what kinds of things do you think, uh, delving deep into all of the political finance <laughs> laws that there are and how convoluted they can be, uh, what kinds of reforms do you think need to happen to keep everything above board and to uh, you know, make sure that uh, everything's on the up and up? Well, there... Um Okay, there's a variety of things there. You, <laughs> candidates can spend money out of their political funds to essentially fight uh, legal problems that uh, flow out of their job. If 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 uh, you know if if you are under attack uh, because you are a representative and and or in this case have been charged with public corruption, then. Um, you know, both the the laws and the precedents are pretty clear. You can use your own fund to defend yourself, and and um, you know, with the uh, you know innocent until proven guilty, it might have in fact be the case that uh, you know you're being un, 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 unfairly uh, you know charged. But uh, on the the larger point, you know, the Illinois has a system of contribution limits, but they are apply mostly to private money coming into the process. Once you raise money, you can move it around. And particularly, you can, you if you are get money into a party committee rather than a candidate committee, uh, you can move it around uh, to other candidates, other party committees. And so we're talking about each of the four leaders have caucus committees that are party committees. And each of, and then we have the, the, the state uh Democratic Party, the deep, the Democratic Party, Illinois, the Republican Party. So, um, when you get that money put into those party committees, which uh, in the speaker's case, he not only controls his own caucus committee, the Democratic majority, but he controls the the state Democratic uh, Party committee. Then uh, you're in a position to fund these targeted races and and that's something that all okay all, all four leaders do it but uh, uh, the speaker controls a ward committee he controls his own candidate committee he controls uh, uh, the caucus committee and the democratic party uh, uh, so if you've got contribution limits fifty five thousand dollars or I'm sorry fifty eight thousand dollars or so uh, in a cycle uh, if you can give those to four committees, all of a sudden you're you're contributing two hundred thousand dollars rather than than you know fifty thousand dollars. So uh, we could certainly put limits on uh, contributions to party committees. I mean, once the money gets in, uh, what has happened with the leaders is they have all at different times. Uh, use the waivers that exist within the system. If you're in a tough race, 
uh, and your opponent is self-funding or your opponent has in big independent expenditures being made, then um, you know you can use the waivers as as uh, as a defense. You can you know my opponent has put in a hundred thousand dollars, so you know, and then I can raise money without limit. Or my opponent has a big independent expenditure committee from out of state. I can raise money without limit. What the leaders have done is to to take those waivers and use them, you know, affirmatively. They've contributed money to their own campaigns. They've loaned money to their own campaigns. They've had friendly out-of-state independent expenditure groups contribute, you know, make expenditures in their races. So we certainly could tamp down some of that, uh, but it it is, uh, and we could put limits on party money, but... Um, Ultimately, you know, you, you, it, it, it probably is, is more to getting to, to ethics and conflict of interest. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that's what we're talking about well, now. And, uh, and, Professor, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't let no, me you, run no, on you're, here. No, you're, no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to break a rule here um, and uh, ask you one last question, even though we're right up against the break. <laughs> that's all right. Um, yeah, I got one, too, so okay, go ahead. Okay, well, my all question right. is... Uh, <laughs> If indeed the speaker was to step down, what kind of power vacuum would that create? And would he still have influence, even if he wasn't in positions of leadership? If he has to give up the party committee and the caucus committee, which are the things he controls because he is speaker, then uh, he's lost a tremendous amount of influence. And the reason that labor unions and other groups give him huge amounts of money in his political committee is that he transfers it to these committees that he controls that he can spend without limits. So, you know, lo- the, the, losing that position of authority creates a huge power vacuum, and and uh, there really is no uh, immediate successor. There would be huge competition, Black Caucus, Progressive Caucus. You know, it, it would be chaos in terms of the, the House Democrats. And finally, Professor, I was going to ask about the, the the reforms on the other side of this. You know, from what I understand from the Commonwealth Edison plea agreement, no executives in that company are going to spend any kind of jail time. Isn't it time to put some teeth in there as far as executives go and making sure that if they are caught doing influence or wrong things, that they serve jail time too, not just the company getting reprimanded? Well, you know, those are decisions by the U.S. Attorney's Office. But yes, I mean, if you give away the farm for a fishing expedition and then don't really get anything out of it, then you've given them a pass. Uh, we certainly can prohibit companies from contributing, uh, uh, you know, and, and there, I think there used to be a provision in the code, the procurement code, about uh, not being able to get contracts if you admitted to bribing, you know, to, to bribing, uh, you know, state officials and stuff. And so certainly you can, you, you need penalties in that direction, uh, uh, you know, to, to, you don't want to, 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 to uh, end up with, with people getting a pass and, and, uh, and not getting any change out of the system. UIS political professor emeritus Ken Redfield, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Taking us to school. Greatly appreciate it. We always always enjoy the free lesson. (laughs) Always happy to talk. All right, great. When's the exam, by the way? (laughs) It's Friday. Let's get out early. Thanks, Professor. (laughs) All righty.